Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. We have a strong podcast for you today. That is a lame but intended pun. Spencer and Amber Remick are an elite strongman duo. Spencer Remick is a college football player turned elite powerlifter turned professional strongman. He has competed all over the world with some of the biggest names in the sport. Amber Remick is a former college basketball player turned strongman competitor. She's taken first place at Mid-Atlantic and finished as high as fourth at U.S. Strongman Nationals. Listen in to hear more about their training habits, their professional ambitions, and how they balance a highly competitive training regimen with their relationship. We got a great one with two great people. Listen in. I've done three international strongman contests since uh, the end of July. Um, so the first one was in Canada and then uh, another one in Russia and then most recently in Poland. Um, so essentially the first, the one in Canada was, uh, it was a strongman champions league contest, uh, which is a national circuit within itself. Um, so there was eight events over two days uh, in that contest. And that was an awesome experience because I got to compete against guys that I'd only ever like seen on TV, especially some guys that, I've been watching since I was like 13 years old. So it was yeah. definitely a cool, cool and humbling experience to be able to, to be around those guys and kind of be accepted as like one of their peers, so to speak. Totally. Um, yeah. And then from there I was invited to, uh, to go to Russia for a team contest. Um, and it was actually like 300 miles from the North pole. Whoa. So that was def- definitely a cultural experience for me. Um, the main, the main industry there is reindeer meat. And like <laughs> reindeer byproducts. Yeah. So, and uh, just uh, being like being that close to like what is essentially still wilderness. And like with the place we went to was uh, like the only way we could get there was by helicopter. And all of this, I mean, it was just like the exact experience that you hope for when you get to go, like when you get the invite to go compete in Russia, like, and you find out it's in Northwestern Siberia. So, like, it's like <laughs> just to. It's like 35 degrees on Labor Day, and it's just a pretty pretty cool deal. And then uh, from there, I was invited to compete in Poland, <clears throat> which was a, a contest that was a direct qualifier for the Arnold Classic Australia. Um, and that was a, a pro contest with guys. There was five guys from Europe, uh, three Americans, and two Canadian guys, uh, some of which I've competed against before. Um but when we got there, we found out that Marius Pujanowski, who's the only guy to ever win five World Strongest Man contests, was the head judge and like the announcer and all that stuff. So nice. that was like I was it was a pretty major fanboy moment. Like I was yeah. just like, Hey, Marius, like, can we take a picture together? And I was like, I'm such a loser, but it was <laughs> it was like my my main goal for the whole for the whole trip was just to get a picture with him. But I I ended up in sixth place. Um there was ten guys there and um it's just it's crazy to see like how statically strong uh, the European guys are. I mean, yeah, a lot of them have been they've been competing since they were like twelve. It's like the, their sport there. Like we grew up playing baseball and basketball and football or whatever it may be, and like they're lifting, like right. carrying carrying odd objects and stuff. So it's it's definitely we're a little behind the eight ball as far as that's concerned. But it's cool to like be able to compete directly with those guys and um, beat those guys in some events and. I really just established myself as like a contender for these international 
international spots. And really this whole year, past year for me has been about um, really just establishing a name for myself, especially against guys of that caliber. Um, Cause really my ultimate goal is to go to world's strongest man in the next year or two years, Heck yeah. ideally. So if I can continue to, to compete well and progress in my training um, and continue to, to do well when I get the opportunity to go head to head with some of those big name guys, um, I'm optimistic that I can get close to that point. So, so what, what would that road look like potentially? So over the course of a year, how many times do you compete in uh, like um, qualifiers? Yeah. So this past year, I think I'll end up what we talked about. It, it was like going to be eight contests mm-hmm. and like um, the year before that, I probably did four mm-hmm. because I was, I was really focused more on training and just building up some of the weaknesses that I'd had. Like I was, a, I was terrible at like circus dumbbell pressing and like, 18 inch deadlifts. I was like, and those are like staple, staple events. But as I competed, like I just hadn't run into those in contests before. And then you get to the international level and it's like, okay, yeah, there's a 240 pound dumbbell in like every single contest or it's a, it's a max, max deadlift. And all these guys are going to deadlift close to 900. And you're like, okay, well, these are things I probably should get better at. Right. So like I spent really all of 2016, just trying to get better at those things. Um, and obviously I don't deadlift 900 yet or anything, but, um, yet. Just, I like that qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Just disclaimer. I'm not that strong yet, but, uh, <laughs> this next year I'm probably going to try to do several between December and probably April or May, uh, just to continue that, that trend a little bit and, and then reevaluate from there. Did you, um, did you play any sports before this or how did, how did you find strongman? Yeah, I was, um, I, I was one of those guys that, like, always watched Strongman on TV when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, totally. And I was, like, blown away by these guys that were, like, well, at that time, they were, like, six foot two and, like, 295 pounds. And they're, like, wow, these guys are, like, mountains of men and stuff. And now it's, like, obviously a different world. But right. um, I, I played football and basketball and baseball in high school um, and then ended up playing football in college. And strength was always important to me because – like regardless of how I felt, I wasn't like that naturally gifted as far as being a football player. Like I was pretty athletic. Like I always moved really well and I was strong, but like as an actual like football or basketball or baseball player, like my sports skills were not as good as like they probably should have been. So I made up for that by being strong and powerful. And I wanted to continue training that way and continue competing. So strongman was a great avenue for me because I was super interested in it and I never really thought of powerlifting as something that was going to be a good long-term sport because I'm not, I don't know. I almost have like training ADD and I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to focus on three lifts forever. I'm like, don't get right. me wrong. I think it's a great sport and it's, I've done several powerlifting meets when I've like taken time off from doing strongman and it's been really good for me. But as like my main focus, that's never been, I've never been big on it. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was thinking of. Like, could you mentioned, um, how, guys over there are doing this since they're 12 and and uh, a lot of the guys over here having more athletic background does that feel like an advantage in certain events maybe the ability to move and yeah i think the moving the moving events i think guys that are from the u.s and canada have more of an advantage even from a conditioning standpoint um and even, even body control i think is something that we do better but um obviously you go to a contest in europe and they know that the european guys are generally bigger and stronger. So the, the main focus of the events are going to be the static stuff because they're going to want them to do well, which you can't blame them. But then you go to 
a pro contest in the U.S. And there might be, you know, Farmer's Walk and Yoke and Medley and all this stuff. And there might only be one pressing event where um, in Europe there might be two presses and a deadlift and then like some crazy grip events too. So totally, it's, it all depends on, on the, on the promoter and what, what they're trying to emphasize for the contest. Right. I have to ask this too. Um, you played football where, what position and just a little bit about that. I, cause I identify with that fully. That was, I think my strength when I was playing football was probably my willingness to train and, and, and get strong. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a great segue into us talking about how we met. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so I played football. I played uh, Division three football at Central College, uh, yeah. Pella, Iowa. That uh, actually, the Dutchman. Uh, yep. Yeah. So uh, Central and Pella, Iowa, Division three school with like with a great tradition, and um, we all actually live like fifteen minutes away from there now, and I still work in that in the town of Pella. Um, so yeah, I played uh, played football there. I was an offensive lineman. Um, I so I went there and I played left tackle my first two years. Um, but then my junior year, we had a, a freshman come in who was like six, seven and about two ninety, And he's actually one of my best friends now. And also the husband of her best friend. Oh, wow. um, but anyway, um, but it, like I said, the story is way more exciting than that. But uh, basically he showed up and they're like, Hey dude, you're going to play guard. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense because I was, you know, I was, I'm six, three on a good day. And, you know, and he's, he was six, seven and we, I mean, our team was, I mean, physically we're way bigger than your average division three team. So they, I mean, it was, I was lucky to play with a lot of guys who were really good leaders and teammates. And, you know, that really, that helped me a lot in my development, even personally, just to be around guys who were really driven. And, you know, it was a special group of guys that I was able to play football with. So it was a great experience all the way around. Plus I got a great education, of course. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to discount that. Thank you. That's what you're there for, man. Exactly. Yeah. But it sounds like maybe the most important part or the most important experience at Central was was meeting good people outside of football. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, he got a wife. I did. There it is. <laughs> there it is. In, in, indirectly, though. Yeah, so how did that come about? How did you guys meet? You want to tell that story? Sure. So I always knew of him, but I tried to avoid him because he was very he was a football player. Yeah. So that was his top Football priority. Football players are the worst. Yeah, exactly. And, and he had an ego to go along with it. So it was, yeah, it wasn't my fault. I just, <laughs> no, I just, I was uh, supposedly like somewhat abrasive and just didn't, wasn't really concerned with uh, how people viewed me at the time. And apparently that didn't do me any favors with, <laughs> with the lady folk, <laughs> including my future wife. Uh, Makes sense. So now I think you need to tell that story. Yeah. Um, and then probably what year was it? 2015. Yeah. 2015. I had just recently moved back. Um, at the time, I had a CrossFit gym and I had just sold it and just moved back home and all that stuff. And so, um, come to find out, I had knew I knew that he had competed at the Arnold before. So I'd asked him if he was going to compete at the Arnold that year because I was going with some of my friends. And he said he wasn't competing, but he would be there. So we actually, out of however many people go to the Arnold, I don't even have any idea. Like way too many. A lot. We randomly <laughs> ran into each other, and like I guess within five minutes of being there. Yeah, and I guess as you can say, the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> he no. wasn't as mean as he used to be, and he was kind of friendly. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a beard too when I, yes. I, did, I didn't in college, so that helped. That's it. But now we just I, we hung out for a couple hours, and I and of course she was back in the area, so I was like, hey, we should train. We should train together sometime because obviously I wanted to try to impress her, and. 
I may or may not have, I don't know, but like we got, we got back from Columbus and I was like, Hey, you should come train. And she, for whatever reason, she accepted my offer to train. I like to train and I yeah. needed a gym. So. <laughs> so yeah, she used me basically. <laughs> um, but then, you know, we hung out a couple times that week and I was like, Hey, do you want to go on an actual date? And she's like, yeah, that sounds good. And I was like, no, seriously, like, <laughs> do you, do you want to go, go out like for a meal of food? And she, she agreed. And then, well, I should, I should say she consented. And then we, uh, you know, we started dating seriously after that, and we were married like a year and a half later. So it was great, though, because we already like knew of each other. So it wasn't like a, so what do you do? And like, where'd you go to school? And yeah, where are you from? And all that stupid mm-hmm. stuff. So we were able to get that stuff out of the way when when she wasn't a fan of me. So <laughs> it, was, it was really pretty effortless from from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. And and what was your sports background? Were you playing anything before you got into strong woman? And it, like, is that the terminology? Is that how people, is it called strong woman? I think some people would prefer it that way. It honestly doesn't matter to me. I think it's the sport of strong man and I'm just a woman competing in it. Yeah. But it doesn't, I don't really think it matters. My degree is in exercise science. And so after that, I was personal training and you kind of get away from the competitiveness and you miss it. Yeah. And so I didn't really enjoy working out or running on a treadmill or just running in general. And so for me, I came across CrossFit first and that's kind of my background. And I started doing that just more so for the competitiveness of it. And it was something that I enjoyed to do training wise. The one thing I didn't enjoy about CrossFit was the endurance of yeah, it. Right. <laughs> I am not an endurance athlete. I was always a sprinter. She's, or... she's so big and burly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wheezing, wheezing and just. Yeah. So when Spencer and I um, were dating, or when I first started training with him, I actually was full blown CrossFit, had a coach, everything. And we had a friend that she was going to do strongman in our area and she wanted me to do it just for fun. Mm -hmm. And so I did one contest and I was like, you know, I have 60 seconds and it was wonderful. Yeah. And then it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of got hooked on it just from that aspect. And I strength and CrossFit was never, um, my strong suit. I was, more gymnastic base. Um, so it was a good challenge for me to learn strongman because I mean, it is, it just focuses on being strong. And so that was a good challenge. And it's also kind of fun to see how your body can adapt to the different sports that you play or the different avenues that you decide to go down. Did you, do you think uh, CrossFit gave you a good base for it or did it take a while to adapt to that? No, I, I definitely think it, it played a huge part, not only because I never, I never train my grip strength and I've, I never have issues with it. And I think a lot of that is just the repetitiveness of CrossFit. So I think that played a part. And I also think the strategy behind, um, strongman, you had to have that in CrossFit too. Um, I mean, you can't just go out and compete balls to the walls. You have to have some sort of strategy or, um, and I also think that, the athleticism I developed in CrossFit carried over into strongman because like I said, I wasn't strong. So I had to be efficient and good at what I did. And so I think that kind of made much as Spencer moving events are kind of my thing. I'm not a, I'm not a static monster, I guess, as you call them. But um, if there's anything with anything moving, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, what are your guys, what are your favorite events? You know, I, I like the, I like the more basic stuff. I mean like just straight yoke runs and straight farmers walks, like super heavy and like 
reasonably long distances. Um, I, I think those are my favorite just because a, a lot of it comes down to like, how much are you willing to put yourself through? Like, are you like, are you willing to just squeeze the, squeeze the handles as hard as you can, like to get to the finish line? It's more mental than, I mean, obviously it's physical, but it's how, how far are you willing to push yourself? Um, I would say, I would say, you know, the, yeah, yoke and yoke and farmers are probably my one and two, which is interesting because like yoke used to be my nemesis. Like when I was first starting to compete, I would purposely avoid contests that had them just because really? I didn't, I, yeah, I just didn't want to deal with them. And then I, uh, I just told myself like this, if I want to get good, I'm going to have to get better at these things that I've been avoiding. And that was one of them. And now it's, I've gotten to the point where like, I confidently feel like I can go to any contest and potent, probably win the yoke, if not get like top three, regardless of who's there. And it's just, it's been one of those things that's developed really well for me. I mean, I, I love pressing too. Pressing is one of those, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the smaller guys move better. Um, but I, I feel like I have a good combination of those skills where I can, I can move well and I can still do some of the static stuff to keep myself competitive. Definitely. And I like that. Um, one thing that really sticks out, well, two things. I like the, I almost like the farmer's um, metaphor where it's like the finish line is in sight. It really, really sucks. It's painful. Um, mm -hmm. And you essentially, you just got to dig in and, and finish. It's right there. You could coast, yeah. you could slow down, you could whatever, but you, but you have to finish. Finish, yeah. finish strong is a thing that's said around here all the time. Uh, that's a differentiator, I think. Yeah, and on the flip side of it, if you drop it, you're gonna have to try to pick it up again anyway. Yeah, right, well, right, and that's even worse. So <laughs> that's even well, worse. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, dude, the faster you go, the less time, like the less it's gonna hurt. For sure, so, it's like the no, no question. It's uh, it's the John Wooden quote: "If you don't have time to do it right, when you can have time to do it over, you may as well just like suck it up and finish the thing." I also really like the idea you mentioned uh, addressing some of your weaknesses and turning them into strengths. We, we talk about that a lot too. It's like you've got to be completely honest with yourself. You've got to confront the difficult truths in order to get to the next level. Otherwise, there's just gaping holes and, and uh, the foundation's going to fall out eventually. You, can't, you can only yep. go so high if you don't. That's why you see a lot of people only compete for like one or two years because they, they get to a point where they're as good or better than they thought they were going to be, but there's still like that one thing that is holding them back and they just stop. Right. So you have to humble yourself and you know, start, start over. Yeah, no question. So. And what do you think? And what are your favorite, uh, Amber? What are your favorite movements? Would you say or your competitions? I would have to say stones are kind of always my favorite. That's probably the one. Anyone who's listening to this for the first time doesn't really understand the sport. That's probably what they associate with the strong yeah. competition. The thing that is good for me is I compete as a lightweight, and I'm tall for a lightweight, which is weird because I'm only like five five and a half. But all these girls I compete against are five three, five four. So I automatically have an advantage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy having to have the coordination or like, or the technique, basically. I enjoy that aspect of it. Um, like I said, I'm not just a brute, strong type of person. So anything that I can gain an advantage over someone on, that's kind of where I like to go. I, I also like to press. I like axle press. I like log press. And I think, honestly, CrossFit had something to do with that because I'm – I'm not a terrible presser either, so those are probably my my favorite things. There you go. And what were um, what were are some of your most recent competitions? Have you been competing over the last year? My first contest this year was the Arnold, um, and I finished eighth at the Arnold. And then I think two two weekends later, I turned around and on a whim competed at a contest in North Carolina because. I was going and he was competing. So I thought I might as well compete if I'm there. <laughs> um, and then 
Yeah, I actually ended up winning that, which actually qualified me for the Arnold 2018. So um, she didn't even want to compete. I didn't. <laughs> they were terrible events for me, so, really? so that's why I didn't want to compete. Um, and then I think the weekend after that, like March to the end of April, was just crazy for me. I did three contests within basically a month time mm -hmm. frame, and then the um, weekend after the North Carolina one, I competed at a local contest just to qualify for USS Nationals. Um, so I won that contest and then June went to Michigan for USS Nationals and took fourth there. So That's awesome. um, my goal's always been top three. And when you lose by half a point to the top three, it's kind of bittersweet. But yeah. I guess I guess it's a win because I hung with people that I didn't think I could hang with. Yeah, for sure. Just knowing there, there's something about that podium or not, trophy or not, knowing that you can hang with some of the best out there. That's um, That's got to be encouraging, I would think, big time. Um, okay, so I have another question. And this is this was an obvious one to me. And when I first heard your guys' story, this is what, um, I mean, one thing that jumped out. You guys train side by side. Um, do you train in the same gym at the same place? What is that atmosphere like? Tense. Yeah. <laughs> we like when we first started dating, we always said like what like when we're in the gym we're training partners and then like when we leave the gym we'll go back to whatever we are, whether we were dating or married or whatever it is. Um I think most of the time we do a pretty good job of that unless both of us are having a bad training session. Yeah, right. Like if if she's in a bad mood, like I can just all sit there and be quiet and uh -huh. if I'm in a bad mood she'll do the same thing. But if we're both having a crappy day like yeah. it's that's when the that's when the tension comes in because like it gets a little we we I don't know we kind of chirp at each other a little bit too much and it, she just got buried on a lift and like I'm not doing or vice obviously oh, not, not just not always <laughs> um, but I think we've we got to the point where it's like okay we're just both got to keep our mouth shut for this one but for, I mean for the most part it's it's awesome because you know it's not that we don't have stuff to talk about and like common interests but it's another way for us to to bond and like build friendships with other people that maybe like I would become friends with people that I typically wouldn't because I would never see them like people that she would become friends with that I might not necessarily and vice versa. I mean, it just really kind of diversifies our group of friends and just our, those common experiences that we have that we may have a short window to, to do together. So, and I think going to when we actually train, it's nice because he's a completely different train. Like he trains completely different than I do. Yeah. Where if he feels good, he's gonna go as heavy as he can. Mm -hmm. And I'm Which one is stupid. And I'm one where if it's not on my program, I'm not gonna do it. Oh yeah. So it's nice to kinda of have that balance where mm -hmm. he can push me and if he's like, Are you sure you only wanna hit XYZ? Yeah. Like and then I can kind of bring him down and say, I don't think that's very smart yep. to do this. So we have that good balance too. Um and we do, do a good job of keeping um we are training partners there and we're husband and wife at home. And I think it kind of has to. It has to be that. Yeah. Way. If it was a, if it wasn't a beam. Yeah. When I started Strongman, he was actually my coach. Mm -hmm. Nice. And that didn't work out very well. <laughs> no. It did to a point. <laughs> so we, I actually hired a coach, and I've been working with him for about a year and three months or so, yeah. and it's worked really well. Yeah. So. Because it yeah. got to a point where the things she needed to do were beyond me, and not not necessarily beyond me, but if things didn't go well, it was of course my fault. <laughs> Yep. And I didn't I didn't want that responsibility anymore. Fair so enough. I was like, hey, let's just let's outsource this for the sake of everything. So 
And I don't know if you can tell, but we're not really the same body type either. No. So he can just manhandle things where I have to have a technique as to how to pick it up. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the feed is not super clear, but I can definitely notice that there are two different sizes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, that's what, so do you have like explicit? Is it like, listen, once we get into the car, it's off? Or like how do you guys hold you to check yourselves like that? Uh, I think it's I think it's more nonverbal than anything. It's yeah. like – if there's if there's like no eye contact and one word responses, it's like all right, it's it's yeah, we'll just we'll shut that down. Go home. The majority of the time, it's it's great. I believe it. I believe it. And you definitely. It sounds like um, I don't. I'm not as familiar with the programming behind behind Strongman. Um, is the Remick method? Is it specific to Strongman, or or what kind of uh, what, what does that look like? Um. No. So I had this idea five months or so ago, because I used to, I mean, like I said, I owned a CrossFit gym and I was a personal trainer. It's always been my passion is helping people get to wherever it is they want to go. So that's kind of my driving factor behind Remick Method is I want to reach as diverse of people um, that I can that are willing to come to us. So um, Spencer actually, um, he got his master's at William Penn University here in um, Oskaloosa where we live. Yeah. But while he was doing that, he was strength coach GA. So he has a background mm -hmm. in um, the sporting world um, with athletics and, and coaching that, whereas my background is more general fitness, that type of world. It, I mean, we reach, I mean, we have three clients that are basically moms that want to work out and work out quick and be as efficient as possible. And we have four or five strongman athletes and so it, it just, yeah, and a bodybuilder. And so it, it's kind of everyone, but I think it keeps it interesting for us. <laughs> yeah. And it, it forces us to learn, like, yeah. think outside the box too. And, sure. uh, you know, I, it's been great for me because, I mean, I've been away from that for like five years. And that was something that I really missed because I really like the technical aspect of like, it's almost kind of like uh, challenging yourself to like, how do you progress this person those personal challenges that you give yourself where you can see like the tangible results that come from it. Um, that's something that I really enjoy. And, you know, I don't, I don't live for like positive feedback from people, but it does feel good to hear them say like, Hey man, the program is really good. And, totally. um, you know, it's, I, and thank you for, you know, doing this and, you know, it's, it's, it's very rewarding to be able to, to help people do something that means a lot to us too. And not only training wise, but I'm I'm going through a nutrition certification too, and so I want to be able to implement all that into basically creating this entire method for people if they want it. Yeah. So it's not a specific, um, it's not like the cube or anything like that, but it's more just geared towards that individual. So are you? Um, that seems time intensive on your part. Is that? Have you found uh, that you can balance that with your training in regular life pretty well? Or is there like a max amount of clients you, you'll be able to take? Yes. yes. So we've basically maxed out right now at where we are um, just because we both work full time. And then training on top of that, like you said, it's very time intensive. Mm -hmm. But when I came to Spencer with the idea, I told him like, hey, I just need your input on the strength clients. I will do all the other work. I will do all the numbers. I will do the marketing. I will do um, the interaction throughout the week. I will do the check-ins, like all that stuff. I just need your help. For, and I think that was a good balance. Mm, because, I was like, that sounds awesome. Because yeah. I don't want to deal with that stuff. Like, right. I'll sit there and I'll write programs like till the cows come home. But I don't want to 
do all the Instagram posts and like. He actually said, "It's a great idea. I don't want to deal with people." <laughs> that's not. That's not how I am, of course. <laughs> if any prospective people are listening. Yeah. yeah, that's right. No, it was a moment. It was probably after a tough training day. I get it. No, I just know how annoying I would like. I am. I'm sure to to my coach and like. I said, I, I don't, I don't know. It was just, that was one of my, my boundaries. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, most people probably don't want to deal with me anyway. I said, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not super approachable apparently. So <laughs> they'd probably rather talk to her. So I was okay with giving up that portion of well, it. Well, you seem like a nice enough guy uh, via Skype for what Thanks. it matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think on that note, we are, we're huge proponents of like um, a whole approach to like wellness, like you're, your strength peak is limited by your your wellness base, like so nutrition, proper rest and recovering from workouts. You guys have any tips or advice on that note? Find a wife. Find, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna make a huge difference in your in your nutrition and your accountability. Yeah. Uh, um, I would say that's that's number one. Step uh, one. Uh, no, I, I think I, I don't want. To, Mine would yeah, be just balance because your training's only gonna take you so far, and if you don't have that, like you said, rest and recovery and the nutrition to follow that, you're going to limit yourself to maybe here when you could be here. And your nutrition and everything else is what's going to get you there. And I think that's something that he saw me doing um, when we first started dating. And it was kind of like a no-brainer for him. Like, why am I not doing this? Whereas, like, I even, I mean, three days a week or so, I even get up early and do yoga just to make sure I keep my mobility and all that, whereas I haven't quite got him on board with that yet, but it's coming. <laughs> I do it sometimes if I'm deloading. But I think, and I think keeping um, relationships outside of the gym is just as important, also, because you have to have that communication in that life. I mean, it's like eat. I mean, eat like a pig on Thanksgiving, or like have a couple hot dogs on the Fourth of July. Like, don't don't be that person that is like, no, nope, I got I got to train Saturday, and it's like Thursday. And you're like, I can't. I can't have a pop today. Right. Like, don't be that person. And it's not doable. It's like it's the difference no, between no. like aware versus obsessive, right? Of where yeah, aware yeah, of what exactly. you're putting in your body versus obsessive. And obsessive just isn't. You can't make a life on that. No, and like I think going back to like your point about the wellness first, like a lot of people will ask me about. I mean, obviously they'll be like, "What supplements should I take and stuff?" And I'm like, you know, supplements are going to give you like the last ten percent. It's the other 90% of your behaviors and your, your habits that are going to get you to where you need to be. Like you could do, you could, you could be like one of the top, like an elite athlete and not take any sort of protein or creatine or anything like that. Totally. Just by, just by having a good diet and getting good sleep and like maintaining your stress the way you need to. Totally. Yeah. The the stress factor too. Um, All right. So I'm going to ask you guys some specific stuff. Uh, What, what is like, your breakfast on a training day, like real specific. First of all, you, you wake up on training day. How many hours of sleep have you just received ideally? And then what would you eat for breakfast? Yeah. Like, um, with my job, I typically, I am usually at work by five o'clock in the morning and we don't train until five thirty or six o'clock at night. Um, so I've usually eaten like five meals before we train. Um, and t- my, like I try to be in bed asleep by like nine thirty lately. Um, just because I've gotten to the point where I feel like I need to get at least if I, I feel like if I can get six and a half hours of sleep during the week and if I can get eight during the week on the weekends, I'm usually in pretty good shape. Um, 
but that's not, I know that's not sustainable long-term as far as do I need to start going to bed even earlier or, um, try to find some other options there. Um, yeah, I, most of my diet is a lot, just a lot of, uh, a lot of meat and, um, not a whole lot of carbs throughout the day, but most of, most of my carbohydrates are going to be before and after training. So I would, I would typically eat probably two pounds of ground beef during a typical day, um, with probably a hundred grams of carbs before training and like another hundred after, um, blueberry, blueberry bagels are my go-to there you go. um, that sounds um, good. as they should, as they should be for everybody. That's a staple um, of the Remick method. I like that. It is. It is. If, yeah. If you're not on board with that, then you might as well. Just there there are other programs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm like, I don't have a problem eating the same thing every day for like years on end. Yeah. Um, um, and it's not, it's not a matter of discipline because I think anybody that knows me, right. Would say that discipline is not my thing, but I think I can just, I can put it, I can put it into a category where I'm like, I'm not eating this for the way it tastes or like the texture. Like I'm eating this because this is a dead cow and it's like, it's going to make me bigger and stronger because cows are big and strong. So, so, <laughs> Um, I, don't know, I just, it's been, I, I think being around her more has given me more perspective into food as food is fuel and just, um, not being so worried about what, what you're eating as far as where it's coming from, but what's in it. So yeah, my typical training day for me would be like probably close to 300 grams of protein before I even train and then another 150 after. So yeah, that, yeah that, that would be the, the mainstay anyway. Mine's a little different. <laughs> Throughout the week, I usually get about seven and a half, eight hours pretty regularly. Right before, like if I were to train Saturday morning or something, right before I train, it's always eggs, egg whites, and oatmeal and honey. Like that is my, my go-to. Um, and just as him, I get a majority of my carbs right around my training and then it kind of tapers off either before my training or after my training, depending on where that falls. Um, and for every, he'll eat probably about eight ounces, every meal of protein. Mine's about four. So whatever his is, mine's normally half of what that is. Um, and he'd also go to the blueberry bagels. I would not do that. Uh, So Little differences, but it's kind of what keeps us on track, I guess, yeah. and makes for a large grocery bill. No, I believe it. I believe it. No question. I like it. All right. Well, I have uh, we have really like talking shop, but my friend, my colleague here, Coach Nadalna, uh, is more interested in things like um, the first album and concert you went to. So, can we turn it over him oh. uh, to him for a lightning round, real quick? I'm I'm looking forward to this. Oh my. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have a very good memory. You got this. You got it. I'm sure of it. All right. Well, we'll start with that one. First album and concert each individually. And then together. I am interested in first one you attended together. Oh, um, first CD I ever got was the Space Jam soundtrack. Yeah. Classic. Yep. Um, for obvious reasons. Um, I think the first concert I went to was Montgomery Gentry. I was like 18. Like that, I like... I don't know if I was super sheltered or like my family wasn't concert people, but um, yeah, I think that was the first one I went to and it was pretty sweet. Um, I'm trying to remember my first album and I can't, (laughs) Um, but my first concert I think was was actually Rascal Flatts and I was maybe like 15 or 16 just because my family weren't really big concert goers. (laughs) And we have 
yet to go to a concert we together. What? Did we? Oh, yeah. We went to a local band. Maybe it's because I'm antisocial. I don't know. If but, you uh, try taking this guy in a crowd, you would understand. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like, the thing is, we live like an hour away from the Iowa State Fair that has like 50 concerts every year, and we've not gone to any of them. Mm -hmm. We're not that boring, I promise. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe. I think if this was a radio show, we would be able to say something like, well, the next date's on us. The concert is on the good yeah. afternoon. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you had 30 minutes to work out and access to any equipment you need, what would you do? Um, I would grab a pull-up bar and a barbell. And I would probably do a lot of weight on the barbell and some type of gymnastic bar muscle up, toes to bar, handstand walk, something is what I would do. Hmm. So just one piece of equipment? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know how specific we were going to be. I would say from a training perspective, I would say just a barbell and do thrusters. I know um, if you can pick one move, this is like everything you can do. Like if there's a squat, there's a front squat to a, to a press. Um, for my own self, I would like if I could just deadlift, like that would be enough for me. Fair. So, so there, there's two sides to that for me, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. One's the most complete, and the other is the most fun. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Who would play you in a movie of your about your life? Uh, I saw this on the list, and I was hoping it would pass. <laughs> I saw it too. I was, I was it does not uh, have to be grounded in reality. I just want to add that in as well, because I don't, I, I don't want you to think that you have to pick someone that looks just like you. <laughs> Hmm. I would. I don't know if you know her. She's a CrossFit girl, but I would say Brooke Ins. Oh, I'm that's, not sure I know that name. Oh, you gotta look her up. <laughs> I feel. I feel like the the generic response for me would have to be The Rock because that's or Dwayne Johnson as as what he calls himself now. I see it. Um, I, but I don't. I don't like. I don't like that answer. I feel like every he plays like everybody. Um, I know. I it would have to be like if Charlton Heston was still alive. I would want him to play me, but when he, but when he from when he was young. Okay. Yeah, Charlton Heston in like uh, some kind of bodysuit though, like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On stilts, maybe too. I'm not sure how tall he was. Yeah. Uh, or like camera angles to make him look bigger. I don't know. That's right. One of those. One of those. Hollywood magic. You know how that works. Right. Um, yeah. I I actually I lied. I do have one more uh, one more question to to end on with you guys. Um, it, it, we're kind of going to combine two of them and, uh, someone you admire in the field as well as someone you'd like to thank just, uh, publicly. Mine would be the same person coach and that his name's Ken McClelland. Um, he's actually a master's pro and also an he a heavyweight he's pro. A, he's a double pro. Yeah. Um, and strongman. Um, just, and I admire him from the standpoint of he's over 40 years old now and just hitting his stride and still going strong. And not only has he pushed me to be the athlete I am, he believed in me when I had no idea what I could do. So he took me from a, a girl who could barely stand up with the yoke to that being one of my best events. And so he's kind of um, put time and effort into me. And I think he's someone I admire. I admire his work ethic and his gym. And I just want to thank him kind of for everything he's done for me. I was thinking about this also. Um, you know, like there's a lot of people that I admire and like a lot of people I, I want to thank, like my parents have been awesome. I've been super supportive of everything I've done with this. Um, my brother and sister, and, um, you know, my, my whole extended family are great and, and I can't thank them enough. But I, I think as far as someone in the field, 
that I admire. Uh, so my college strength coach, um, his name was Jake Anderson, and he was the like the Division three strength coach of the year for like two or three years, and like probably could have gone to any Division one school that he wanted to and been a head head football strength coach or head Olympic strength coach, um, but didn't didn't do that. And actually, he uh, he quit being a strength coach to move to Turkey to be a missionary. Part of that was like being a football coach there and spreading spreading Christianity through sports. Um, so really, if you think about like the life that he, like the thing that him and his family did, I mean, him and his wife and two kids at the time, um, left the, the safety and security of like small town, Iowa, because they felt this calling to go serve people. And like, whether they converted to Christianity or not, um, just showing, showing that love and compassion and like what it means to be a leader and an ambassador for like what sports can do. I'd say he's definitely somebody I admire and also, you know, somebody I want to thank for a lot of the lessons that he taught me. Um, cause I'll never forget like the first time that he found out that I went out drinking like the Friday night before, like he was one of those guys that like, you did not want him to know like <laughs> what you did on weekends. And I, we had like a 60% front squat or something for like a set of six. It was just, it was way easy. And I ended up doing like 37 reps. He like wouldn't let me stop. And I just like <laughs> collapsed and he's like, it's like, how many bush lights are you going to drink ne- next Friday? And I was like, what? And he's like. Yeah, I didn't think so. And he just like walked away and that was it. And I was like, okay, like I get it now. And like, just to have somebody like give you that wake up call, to, like, Hey, I know what you're doing. And like, this is your potential. Just don't screw, don't be an idiot and screw it up. Like those are the moments when you're in, when you're in the moment, you're like, wow, I hate this. This is terrible. But like 10 years later, it's pretty, it's something that you just got to be, be thankful for. So he, you know, he's both of mine too. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it, like there's something about discipline that de- that very clearly comes from a coach who cares, like a yeah, deeper absolutely. and different sort of discipline. No, I think it's really cool. Those are great nominations. Anyway, listen, thank you guys so much uh, for being on with us. We're definitely gonna follow up, and and I hope you keep us posted. Well, thank you guys. Today's episode was brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. You can find them at Hand Armor Chalk or at Team Hand Armor on Twitter and Instagram. For more on the Good Athlete Project, go to goodathleteproject.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Number Four Kindness. That's Coach for Kindness. And keep an eye out for our next episode.